0: Hey you! The views expressed in this episode, and all episodes, of Moral Injury are solely the opinions of the hosts. If you'd like to know more about the historical origins of Moral Injury, check out the Moral Injury Project based at Syracuse University. This is Moral Injury, the show that delves into the concepts and groups that shape our reality and determine whether or not they've caused us moral harm.
1: I'm Oli. And this is going to be a bit of a random episode. Think of it as filler. Uh, a few people noted that they couldn't tell us apart and we were also curious just to how we came to moral injury as a subject. So think of this episode as a late introduction and listen along as we have a very casual discussion of our own experiences with moral injury, Miriam's TikTok fame, and a little bit of a literature review.
0: Okay, Ola, well, you want to um, kick us off and talk about what brings you here and what's interesting to you?
1: I actually think it makes sense for you to start because I think mm-hmm. you're the one who told me to listen to the episode uh, mm-hmm. of the Badger Klein show that talks about moral injury. We met at like a friend, a mutual friend, thought that we would mesh really well because <laughs> she says often we would talk about podcasts or things that we were reading or things that we were thinking about, and she'd be like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah and then I go into your apartment and I literally see the Mona (laughs) Shellevy like I thought I was the only person to have a favorite data journalist and to like buy her art and then you have it on the wall and I was like what's going on here um okay I walked into that I can start um so let's see I'm Miriam for anyone who's trying to recognize voices um God, there's so many things I could say. So I'll start with how I discovered moral injury, and I think out of the three of us, Meredith, you have the most experience. or like you've heard, you've known about the term the longest. So I'm excited for you to talk about that. But I heard the term last year, literally last January. Um, I was listening to the Ezra Klein show. The episode is the case. Let me find it right now. The case against loving your job, and the guest was Sarah Jaffe, who wrote the book "Work Won't Love You Back." Incredible, t- like incredible titles, first of all. But it was just I was just casually listening, and then they said something that stopped me in my tracks. And I don't, I should have re-listened to the episode, but it has just profoundly like changed so much of how I think about work, and it's ju- it's just created as we've already displayed in this podcast, like such an interesting lens to view so many things in life. Um, but they were basically saying that what we often think of as burnout, which I very much identified with. Um, could actually be this thing called moral injury, which often manifests like burnout in its symptoms, but is actually what happens when what you are told you're going to experience in a workplace. This is specifically in a work context is how they're discussing it. So what you are told and what you think you're going to experience and you're going to do, you're going to learn and get from a job actually ends up clashing with what the reality is. And that ends up creating this intense um, feeling of burnout, which could have so many symptoms, anger, exhaustion, um, like inability to do your job or care or blah, blah, blah. Like so many, so many different things. And that just like shook me to my core because I have work experience in both nonprofits um, and for profits. And they both, I would say, have caused um, distinct moral injuries within me. And I mean, we can get into like, what we're told about all of these places, like what we're told about the corporate world and what it's going to be, and then what we're told the nonprofit world is going to look like. Um, But I would say that there are just like moral injuries abound, you know, and so I, I got a lot of comfort from that term. And then so I posted it on my Instagram, which is just the people that I know. And I, that must have been where you saw it, Oli. And it, so many people were like, wait, yeah. And then I think, Meredith, you responded and like were like, yeah, I know about this term, blah, blah, blah. It or it originates in whatever. Um, and then I made a TikTok about it. And that was my first video ever. So literally in the video, I go, I was watching it back recently. It's like, how do you make this not Zoom? I don't know how to not Zoom this thing. Why does it cut <laughs> off? And now I'm like... Oh, right. That's what TikTok does. But I just was like, I just did not know how to do anything. Um, but I was like, I need to tell more people about this. Does everyone know about this? Except for me, like so many people in so many professions must be experiencing moral injuries. And it it provided for me I am someone who loves terms. I love terms. I love being able to like put things into boxes and like conceptualize things. Yeah. Like having a name, a definition, a diagnosis, like those things bring me great comfort. And I know a lot of people actually find them to be like deeply anxiety inducing or annoying or like more burdensome. I love a good like category. Like put me in a box, put me in a box, you know? So um, when I heard this term, I was like, everything makes sense. Everything I've ever I've ever experienced makes so much sense. So I made a TikTok and then it, it like went... Um, you know, pretty viral, and so many people are writing in the like the comments section alone. But so people were like, "Cries in museums, cries in like healthcare, nurses, education." Like, I mean, I would argue that more professions than not experience or perpetuate moral injuries, and so it clearly hit a nerve. And I think people are continuing to find that video even today, a year later, and a lot of people still talk about it. And I feel like I hope you know, how you can see all the saves on the TikTok videos and, and how many people sent it to whoever, like, so, it makes me feel like a lot of it, like, I don't want to toot my own horn because it's not about me. It's just like the actual concept, like putting it in this work context, which was not, it's an original um, intention, I think has deeply helped me and um, kind of depressed me at the same time, but I was already depressed. So it's like, <laughs> so, yeah. it's at least like gives it a name, <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, so that's that's how I come here. Look at me. I was like, I can talk straight. <laughs> it's like fucking 538 right now. Um, yeah, so that's my origin story. And there's a lot more I could say uh, about it, and we can get into like who I am and whatever. But that is what brings me to this particular um podcast with you both. That
2: was so that was so that nice was really lovely. Thank yeah, you. And concise. God. Thanks, guys. It was, nice, it was like a nice teleology, you know. Did like, you
0: that? Okay.
2: All, oh my god, thank all you. leading to the podcast.
0: Yeah, that, yeah. I know, I know. A nice story arc. What can you do? Um, okay, so we all, I mean, like I mentioned, we—we we, the three of us come from different experiences, obviously, and come to the term from different angles. I don't know if either of you want to share.
1: Yeah, I think for me, uh, I probably did see your Instagram story. And something like clicked when I listened back to the pockets episode. I was like, oh, yeah, like this is what I was trying to define in my own head. And I feel the same way as you do, like having terms for concepts that I experience is the most helpful thing in the entire world. I think it actually improves my anxiety when I'm able to like put things in boxes and understand the logistics behind them. 100%. My brain is like always like, what is the most logical sequence of things? Like why are people so irrational? <laughs> and so having the logic even behind something that like is a feeling, I'm like great, A1. Like that's exactly what I need to like figure out what whatever is going on. But I actually came, I think, and I'm still kind of on the fence about this. Also my name is Oli for those who also need to distinguish our voices. (laughs) Um, But my therapist and I were kind of trying to figure out like the root of my like work PTSD from a job that I probably held in like six or seven years ago. I can't do math, but I am a data person. But what she was describing to me was demoralization syndrome, which is most featured with patients who have terminal illnesses, but it's like a sense of helplessness, loss of purpose, And she was trying to describe that and place that in the realm of moral injury. But the word or term moral injury was something we had both never heard of. And if we could go back in time and have that word, it would probably best address the things that I was feeling as a response to this job that I worked for maybe not even a full year before I had to just like quit out of the blue because it was so harmful. (laughs) Uh, But my background is primarily in education data and um, like education policy, like I went into the field that I work in, which is uh, nonprofit government education equity um, purely because I've felt my entire life. Like I just want to make the education system better. And even when I started grad school um, my director or mentor who worked his entire career at the world bank was just very upfront being like, you can work in education your entire life and you might never ever get anything good done. <laughs> and if you can do no harm, then that is probably a net positive. And it was such a like dark thing. But I was also like, but that makes me feel as if it at least gives me a semblance of like, I want to be committed to this thing. Because regardless of whether it, I can like make huge impactful change, I feel the things that I want to do are important. And so that's what keeps me going. Like, (laughs) I can't change the world, but I can at least try to make things a little bit better. So does,
0: did that person telling you that maintaining the status quo is net positive? Like, did that, does that alleviate a moral injury knowing that at least the, the, what do you call it? The thing has been lifted from your eyes. Like at least, (laughs) yeah, the veil has been lifted from your eyes. Or is that like, cause that in itself could be its own injury, but it seems like at least you're getting real talk and then you can decide what you want to do. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think. When I think about the things I like to do when it comes to like understanding sociological concepts and data analysis, I I didn't feel great working at a company like a uh, Glossier or something that was doing data for products. Like, I just don't care about that stuff. I don't mm-hmm. care about making people money. I don't care about selling things to people. Um, and for me, like, I wouldn't feel as if I was doing something of value unless I was putting my efforts towards something that I actually cared about. Yeah. And all we can do is try our best. But... I don't think there's a moral injury in that for me. I don't really feel, I, I don't feel really good or bad. I just feel as if, if I I don't think I could do anything else, but that's a long story to get to where I was going. <laughs> the last job that I had in a school setting was so deeply demoralizing that I just could not do it anymore. <laughs> it was the worst combination of like a role that was supposed to be data focused, but also overlapped with special education sort resources and, it, it should not have been a job, honestly. <laughs> like, I would be anxious and upset coming to work. I was leaving at 8 p.m. upset and anxious all of the time. And I, tr- I remember being in D.C. At the time I was, like, working in New York. I was in D.C., like, on a Sunday night. And I literally, like, looked over to my friend at dinner. and was just, like, I'm not getting on a train to go back to work the next day. Like, I can't do it. Like, I, I <laughs> and she thought oh, I was joking no. and she realized she was like oh you're not kidding you're really not gonna go back to work <laughs> and I did go back to work but I I'm sure that like two
0: next day later, you didn't take any time talk a big talk oh, over there I
1: did but two weeks later <laughs> uh, we had such like horrible experience when I had schools <laughs> that like I left and I did not come back until the day I came back to give her my letter of resignation because <sighs> I could not handle it anymore oh my and the God. problem the moral injury too was that like leaving these kids and this is the shittiness of working within a school system is that like these tiny little people are so impacted by the policy, the education policies that are
2: framing their lives.
0: What about you, Meredith? You come from a different background and came to this from a different place, which I find interesting.
2: I do a little bit, but I mean, immediately I came to this from also your Instagram post.
1: (laughs) Right. Yeah. Fair.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I my exposure to moral injury for like the first time was when I was in grad school, because I did a lot of I focused a lot of my studies and like the research that I did on civilian killings in wartime. Um, And so a book that is, if you if you examine any American cases, a book that like you inevitably stumble upon because it's pretty prolific and like well cited is jonathan shay's achilles in vietnam and so basically what jonathan shay does in that book is he examines the iliad through the lens of ptsd um and he breaks down these various experiences that achilles has and talks about how they generate ptsd and moral injury in like the Greek soldiers that he's talking about. And then he takes like those individual case studies and applies them to things that happened in Vietnam. Mm. Um, And so one of the things that he does often is examine moments where Achilles experiences situations in which a basic tenant of the society that he grew up in was violated by a leader that was telling him to do something or commanding people around him. Um, and that is in some spaces cited as like a, one of the first times that moral injury is kind of like codified in academic writing. And so it was a really, I, I remember it being a very interesting concept, but I had always just really considered it in the context of war, which by the way, like being a soldier, also a job. Um, and so when you had mentioned it as something that impacts us on a more regular basis, like those of us who are civilians, but also like those of us who are just living our lives in and outside of the context of war, I thought it was like a very interesting thing to try to apply more broadly. And so I, you know, I think that I am particularly interested in the idea that like, yes, moral injury most, like in the most standard way occurs when someone specific tells somebody to do something that Mm. violates an internal moral code under pain of punishment or isolation or some other thing that they, you know, have to comply. But I am particularly interested in like how structures also do the same thing to us, and I am enjoying trying to like break that down a little bit because I think it explains a lot of the reasons we sometimes just like feel sad.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree that I'm interested in the structures more than the individuals as well. Um yeah. And I know that you, it's interesting because usually when we do our episodes, you will often, because you come from you your context with and familiarity with the term is obviously from a very, I'm, I approached it, as I said, from the like loosey-goosey application of the term. I like the way you keep us honest. And like, we really have to interrogate both in this podcast, we do it. And then offline, we also are like, let's check ourselves and make sure that, you know, this, this term is rooted in um, research and like an academic lens as well, but it is fun to play with it and just sort of like, see what contexts it can be applied to. And we're obviously trying to apply a level of rigor to how we do that, but also just sort of like, like we mentioned, it's like a fun term to be able to just like morph and see what, how it looks when we apply it to relationships or family or work or money or whatever. So it is a very fun, like brain exercise. And I would love to, I know our next episode is going to be on a very different, interesting topic. I would love to just like get, continue to get creative with how we apply it. Yeah. But I like that you you keep us grounded and like, let's not stray too far because the academics might come, (laughs) might come for us. So anyway, I'm excited to keep diving in. We have some juicy topics coming up and In general, if as our listener base grows, if people want are curious if something is a moral injury or want us to apply this lens to it, I feel like it's just like I said, like it's a very fun thought experiment to just see if it works. I feel like the system that we've set up to define, you know, is it a disappointment? Is it a small, medium, or large moral injury? Is like a pretty fair way of looking at it from the macro to the individual. Um, Yeah, so I'm having fun doing it with you both.
1: Yeah, I also just think that like the world is a expansive and growing place and mm-hmm. technology, like technology, for example, has produced so many like new harms that we are just beginning to articulate and understand. And so I just love the flexibility of thinking about moral injury as a concept that is going to like bend in shape and reflect some of the things that are specific to this current culture. Mm-hmm.
0: Okay, this episode broke my brain. Let me tell you why. So in it, the guest host introduces this concept of moral injury, which I have not been able to stop thinking about. So moral injury as it relates to work and labor. What is moral injury, you ask? I cannot figure out how to not crop this picture, but basically moral injury comes from uh, the context of war in veterans. And you'll see here when veteran, when people uh, get to traumatic and stressful situations and it, that contradict their deeply held moral beliefs and expectations. So in this context, it is veterans going thinking they're gonna do one thing protect their nation, protect innocent people. And what they often end up doing, what the job calls for is killing innocent people or watching people you know and love die. Um, And that's a dissonance. Those two things are at odds, expectations and desires and reality and what ends up happening. So for them, this literally leads to PTSD. Moral injury is slightly different, particularly in the context of work. Moral injury begins with an event that is witnessed, perpetrated, or learned about that goes against beliefs, where your th- core uh, moral beliefs are threatened or questioned. Think about this at work. You go into your job as a social worker, a teacher, uh, whatever, and you have expectations. You're going to make money. You might meet people. You're going to do good, especially if you work in a mission-driven place. What ends up happening often is that... Um, the reality is very different it's about money it's you have bad bosses you have like toxic hierarchies and you're not actually working at for and on the thing that you thought you were going to and so those it clashes there's a dissonance between expectations and reality and then that is what burnout is that in fact our exhaustion our you know need to eject ourselves from these places our inability to like do things or make moves that we think is burnout is just a symptom of this moral injury the dissonance between what we want and expect and hope from a job and what we get i like that just broke my brain
1: moral injury podcast is produced by miriam tenney meredith smith and me Oli sophia editing also done by me And thank you to Miriam for letting us use her original TikTok.
0: And if you'd like to support us, you can buy us a cup of coffee or reach out by visiting moralinjurypodcast.com. And if you liked what you heard, or if it even just made you think, like, share, subscribe, leave us a review at Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Maybe think about sending it to a friend who themselves might be dealing with a moral injury. Find us wherever you listen to podcasts.
2: Guys, I love you both so much. I hate this episode.